Well, we're concluding DNA, our DNA series. And this series is so important because if you've missed any of the past weeks, I want you to go back and I'll do a little recap for you. But this series is really about, you know, what is our vision? What is our mission? What is our culture values? And uh, today we're going to talk about group up. We said in week one that our vision is to what? Realize your role in God's story. That's our vision statement. You have a role in God's story. I think uh, as a Christian, if it's just coming to church and sitting in a chair, I think you're missing out so much more. I think Christianity is fun. And we can get to this place of receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but now saying, God, what have you designed me for? What is my purpose on planet Earth? What is the difference that I can make? Because every single one of you can make a difference, and God has a purpose for your life. Our mission statement is what? To invite people to realize their role in God's story. There's so many people that are around you every single day at work, at your coffee shop, at your kid's uh, school event, in your neighbor next door. There's so many people around you that need to realize that God has a role for them, that God loves them. There's so many prodigals that need to be invited home. And so that's part of our mission. And these two come out of uh, our vision and mission statement come out of Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus said to his disciples, disciples, go out into the world, go out into the world, go out into the nations and, and teach people and baptize them and make disciples. And that's not just for his disciples, it's for you and I today that we're going out into the world. We're light in darkness. You know, uh, two weeks ago, we had, we had uh, baptism and I think we had over 16 people that got water baptized. And there was a young man named Cole. And uh, Cole is uh, 16 years old, and uh, Cole got to baptize a fifth grader uh, two weeks ago. It was so powerful. In fact, uh, Cole's mom put a post on social media, and I, I saw it the next day, and it really impacted me. And I, I want to read that to you, if we could put that photo of Cole. Uh, that, that, so listen, read this with me. It says, I hope this post puts a smile on your face. I saw my son Cole turning to a man this morning. I had the privilege of watching Cole water baptize a young boy. A year ago, our pastor challenged the men in the congregation to volunteer their time in children's ministry because they needed positive male role models. Cole, who was 16 years at the time, felt deeply moved to do something about that. Uh, he has been faithfully and diligently leading a group of young boys over the last year. Cole found out last week that this little boy in his group wanted Cole to baptize him. All week long, Cole was so nervous and excited about this opportunity. I love the way Cole talks to him about his life-changing decision to ask Jesus into his heart and then carefully dips this precious boy in the water. This experience will forever be in our hearts. Isn't that beautiful? You see, when I, when I began to read that, I said to myself, that's our vision statement being lived out. Cole, 16, realizing his role in God's story, ministering to a fifth grade boy, and then having the opportunity to water baptize him. You have a role. What is your role in God's story? Mountain Parks, the church that you're planted in, you know, I've been sharing, we're not a cruise ship, we're a battleship. We all have a role. We are better together. We said uh, in week one that the six things we're focusing on in the next years, number one, kids ministry. 
That's why I want to encourage your parents, get involved. You know, come to midweek. Join a men's Bible study, guys, or a woman's Bible study, ladies, or couples, and bring, bring your kids and let them go to midweek with the kids and let them learn more about Jesus and, and grow together. We're all about the youth. It's the second thing. We're about our youth. And parents, come on, let's get our kids to youth tonight, and let's encourage them to bring their friends. We're about young adults. You got to see our young adults, Pastor Clayton, who's, I don't know about you, but he's absolutely amazing. I'm so excited about what God's about to do in the young adults in this valley. I want you to partner with and pray with me that we're going to see a move of God in the young adults in this valley. And then uh, we spoke about groups. And today's Group Up Sunday. That we want to see more people uh, on Sunday and more of you getting to groups. Why? Because on Sunday morning you get to listen to this short guy with a funny accent. It's a one-way conversation. But in groups, when we get around others, we get to have real conversations. You see, Sunday morning's up here, but in groups is where you really dig down and you talk about, what does this actually mean to me? What is this, what is this passage in the Bible? How can I relate to this? You get to ask questions. Because sometimes on a Sunday morning, I'll read something and you're like, I don't even know what that means, but you can't ask that question. But guess what? When you're in a group, you can dig deeper with the Word of God. You can go further. And then fifth, we said the fifth thing we focus on is doing church as a team. That God wants us to be a team. And I said this a few, uh, two weeks ago, is that uh, right now there's someone running a fader, a soundboard, so that you can hear me. There's camera guys and people talking online and lighting and there's ushers when you walked in. There's, there's just all these people. And guess what? Every role is so important. Doing church as a team. And lastly, celebrate recovery. These are the six things we're going after. Kids, youth, young adults, growing, getting more people in groups and raising more leaders and doing church as a team and then celebrate recovery. I'm so excited. We had a meeting this week with a celebrate recovery rep that's assigned to us and uh, uh, Joe Tracer and Pastor Jan and myself. And uh, we're just so excited. We've got over 36 people that have signed up to serve in celebrate recovery. And I just was blown away. And so there's exciting things ahead of us. And I really believe, church, I really believe that that Alpha and Celebrate Recovery are gonna be on-ramps for people to come to know Jesus Christ. And so challenge your friend who does not know Jesus. Come on, you need to go to Alpha. Challenge your friend that is struggling with a hurt or hang-up or a habit to, hey, there's a thing called Celebrate Recovery that's gonna launch next year and you gotta start checking it out. But right now, if you have a brother that's struggling, get him to hope on a Tuesday night. We have a group right now where you could find, we have uh, grief share, divorce care, trauma. We got all these groups that are there to help, maybe to help you, but also maybe you know somebody that, that needs help and so encourage them. We spoke last week about culture values. Culture values being what do we wanna be known for? What do, we want to be, what do we want to become? What are we aiming for? And there's so many things in the Bible, but we narrowed it down to five. At Mountain Park, we want to be known as we are worshipers. And what does that mean? It's not about just singing or clapping or a band. It's about worshipers being people who put God first. In every area of our life, we want to put God first. Secondly, we are gracious. Why are we gracious? Because I don't know about you, but I'm happy that God was gracious with me first, right? Because all of us have missed his mark. Yet God chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. And he gave us grace. Grace is what? God giving us what we don't deserve. And how did he do that? He sent his one and only son, Jesus, 
to die on a cross for us. And God gave us his mercy. What is mercy? He withheld what we do deserve, right? Because we've all missed his mark. He gave us grace and mercy. And we are gracious. Why? Because we first received it and now we give grace. We give grace to people. We love people. And then we are purposeful. Number three, what does that mean? We're living on vision. Matthew 28, we're called. We're having a God assignment to go out and reach people and tell them about the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We're to find our role in God's story. And then we are generous. We spoke about that. Why? Because generosity can change lives. And so we're generous. I said last week that one of the reasons people struggle to be generous is because we don't make space or margin for generosity in our lives. We can't be generous in serving others. Why? Because our calendars are so jam-packed with meeting and thing and thing, just all these things that we can't be generous with time. We can't be generous, generous with our resources. Why? Because we're so in debt and we, we're chasing after things. And nothing wrong with things, but there should be a means to say, I want to help people. And then our talents. We need space to invest our talents into things. And then lastly, we are family. I said last week that we're not a perfect family. We're not the Waltons. The only perfect church you'll ever get is when we all go to heaven. Because in heaven there's no sin. There's no weeping, gnashing of teeth. But while we're on earth, guess what? Church is gonna be messy. You know why? Because you showed up. <laughs> well, I showed up too. But while we're here, you know what brings us into unity? Jesus. Why? Because he's the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. He's the head of the family. So as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're gonna be all right. Today I wanna to talk about group up. Why is group up so important? Why is it that you need to take that next step and be an authentic community? Why, why do you need to do life with others? What is so important about that? You know, Harvard did a study uh, recently and here's what they found. According to a recent Harvard University study, 36% of Americans endure ongoing feelings of loneliness, isolation, longing to love, and longing to be loved. 36%. That means in this room, one in three of you, you have your needs in life and no one to meet them. You have needs in your life right now, and there's absolutely no one to meet them. You, one in three of you have hurts to share and no one to listen to them. You have love to give and no one to receive it. And you know what's sad is that God never intended it to be that way. In fact, let's go look at some verses in Genesis today. In Genesis chapter one, verse one, it said, and in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let it be light. And you know what the scripture says? God said it was good. God created day and night, and he said, it is good. Put the stars, it is good. He made land and water, and he said, it is good. He made plants and fish and birds, and he said, it is good. And then God said something so interesting. God said there was something that was not good. In fact, Genesis chapter two, verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. 
I will make a helper suitable for him. See, Adam walked around and it's like, oh, there's a male elephant and a female. Male lion, companionship. But Adam was alone. And God looked at Adam and he said, it is not good for Adam to be alone. Adam has nobody to laugh with. Adam has nobody to cry with. Adam has nobody to worship me with. Adam has nobody to watch Monday night football with. It was not good for Adam to be alone. God said, we've, we've got to We've got to make someone to come alongside for Adam to be in community. And then verse 22, Genesis chapter 2, and then the Lord made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Uh, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. I like that. Adam was literally... God made him sleep, took a rib out, created Eve, and presented Eve to Adam. And it's so amazing, because what does he go? Whoa, man. Wow. God, that is your best work right there. I want to challenge some men. You know what, guys? We, we mustn't lose the woe. Let's never lose the woe with our spouses. Amen. But what's so interesting is that Genesis chapter one, verse 26 in the first part, and then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. The terms there are plural. See, because God in his own nature is triune, the Trinity, God himself, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You see, God wasn't in a sense lonely, he had community, he is community. God didn't create mankind because he was lonely. You know why God created mankind? Because he loves mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Why? Because God is love. It's not what God does. God is love. And you know what God does in that moment? We spoke about it uh, in John 15 a week ago. Is that it, it, God, Jesus said this. He says, now go and what? Love one another. He says, love one another. Receive this love of mine in your life and now live out of that love to a world that is hurting. In fact, Jesus said, greater love has no man than to what? Lay down his life for his brother. You must say, well, do I need to die for people? No, maybe not die for people. Maybe give some time for people. Maybe just free up your busy schedule to find a group and spend some time with some people that will help you become more like Jesus and people that you can help to become more like Jesus. The early church knew this in Acts chapter two, verse 46 to 47, the birth of the church. Let's, let's read this. And every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. And every pastor, that's the greatest prayer. Let them come to church every day. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with 
glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love this. Not just one day a week. They went every day. And every day they would meet in homes and, and break bread together and pray to God and, and pray for each other. And, and they did. They were in, in, in oikos. You know what the word oikos is? It's, it's not Greek yogurt. Oikos is the word community or family, household. It's used 106 times in the scripture. You see, when you gave your life to Jesus, yes, the good news, he put you in a family, his family called the church. There's such a big difference between the first century church and the modern church today. See, in the first century church, they knew the importance of needing each other. They would share food. In fact, if someone needed, had a need, they would sell stuff to help that person. There was such community because they knew that they didn't just need physical connection, they needed emotional connection too. It's so sad that believers today desperately need each other, but we've forgotten about it. We desperately need each other. God didn't put us in an island. He put us in a family. And we need each other. Because the reality is every single one of us are wrestling with something at some level. But the sad part is we're wrestling alone. So often we'll come to church and, hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm blessed and I'm not stressed. I'm doing good. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. You know what? Sometimes he's not good. Sometimes it seems he's not good. He is good. Sorry, let me correct that theologically. God is good all the time. But sometimes it doesn't seem to us like he's good, right? Sometimes it's like, God, why am I going through this? Why did this happen? And we know biblically God, oh, God works all things for those that love him or called according to his purpose. But how many of you know when you're in the valley, it's not fun? Even though you know he's going to get me to the mountaintop, he did it before, he'll do it again. But in the valley, it is lonely and it is hard, and that's why you need community. So when you come to church, it's okay to say, hey, how are you doing, brother? Not good. I just want to be real. I don't want to put on a Christian mask that, with a smiley face in the inside. On the outside, I might look good, but on the inside, I'm in the greatest battle of my life. Well, yes, the good news, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to be alone. God said, it is not good for you to be alone. See, the big difference between the first century church and the church today is that the first century church knew the importance of community. They needed each other. They needed to hold each other accountable. They needed to, to pray and encourage. And the, the, the church today, the sad part is you and I, we're running after the things of this world and the distractions of this world that we've lost the value of authentic community. Sad to say, we spend more time on social media than we do with authentic relationships, with real conversations. You know how I know that? Because our screen time tells us that. It's so sad because post-COVID, we see the effects today of how, how people, you, you get on a plane and, and if someone sneezes, all the heads turn like, wow. I mean, it's sad. I've got a Safeway and there's some people at the, you know, the cereal section, you know, picking up a box like this. Don't know how many people touch this box. Oh my God. 
Because remember the days we used to wash our groceries? Lord have mercy. Now I'm not getting political on you, and I don't have an opinion on all of it. But I remember living in Chicago when COVID hit, and I mean, everything was shut down. The gym, the coffee shop, Shea School. I mean, only a certain number of people in Chicago, you could actually go into the store, like a certain number of people, and then they put lines, and people would stand. And if your toe touched that line, I'd see people like, it's on Donkey Kong. Yo, don't cross the line. Like, what are you, you're getting into, like, really, the line is protecting you. Really. People became so afraid of people. People disconnected. We're starting to see the research showing us now the effects in teenagers, the depression, the loneliness. We're starting to see that. But this is what God said. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good. I want to invite up a brother in our church today to share his story, Armando uh, Amanda Rios, if you come up, and I, I went to Amanda's group on Thursday, and uh, some of you know Amanda's story, and <laughs> Amanda's uh, a man that walked into Mountain Park very broken, and yet doing life with others in groups has totally transformed uh, his life, and I want Amanda to share a little bit on just uh, how being a part of groups and being relationships and letting people, and how's that changed your life? Uh, dramatically. Um, so in the summer of 2019, um, I came in here um, very broken, um, on the verge of losing my family and with a very bad alcohol addiction. Um, I just, you know, I just thought I could out drink everybody and wake up the next morning and do it all over again. Yeah. Um, then I come to find out that, you know, I was, a, I was an alcoholic and that was the main reason that... Uh, I was gonna lose my family and probably wind up um, living out of my truck. Uh, by the grace of God, I one day got on Google search and Mountain Park came up and we found the Marriage Mondays group that would meet like during the summertime on, yeah. on Mondays. And um, during that time, we, we met several, um, several leaders, um, Greg, Peggy LaMonica, the Bucci's, uh, Jim Cooper, um, those are just a, a few that I can remember off the top of my head. Um, and then through, through Jim Cooper, I was introduced to Hope. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had two tool bags. I had the tool bag to work on my marriage, and then I had the Hope group that helped me uh, with my alcohol and all the other addictions that came with it because, you know, I come to realize I had fear, anxiety, anger, just this big old garbage bag full of garbage. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, you shared with me yesterday at coffee just about how uh, when you go to Marriage Monday, you got to do the assessment in the first night, right? Yeah, so they, they ask you to rate your, your, your marriage um, on a scale of 1 to 10. And I, I, I rated it like at a seven. And at that time, um, we weren't married. It was my girlfriend, and she looked at me and she's like, "Dude, we're not even on the scoreboard. Like, <laughs> not even, you're not even close." Um, after doing some of the the work, um, I realized that yeah, I was like at a negative. It was pretty, 
it was pretty bad and it was pretty chaotic. Um, and, and it is, um, doing, doing the work, it, it gets painful. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of that whole peeling of the onion. Uh, there were several times that I was uh, discouraged and, but I was at my wit's end. Plus I had a, an amazing support group that when I hit yeah. that bump, um, and I got stuck, I could reach out to um, other leaders, other people in the groups, other people here at Mountain Park, and I, I, could, I was able to keep pushing through. Um, because of the community here, um, I'm able to sit here and, and share this with you guys. Yeah, and it's so good. There's no, there was no shaming about where you were. And no, absolutely you and your not. Girlfriend. You guys that. weren't even married yet. There was no shaming. There was just no. encouraging and love, right? Yeah, so that, so that was one of the things. Uh, also, uh, back to Jim Cooper, um, mm -hmm. when the Marriage Mondays group was going to start in, in the beginning of the year in January, um, we didn't have money for the class, money for the book. Um, we weren't married, and it was supposed to be for married couples. So these were all the excuses that I would come up with. Uh, Jim Cooper said, look, dude, when you're done making excuses, come see me. And I was like, well, <laughs> all right, you know, this is getting... If you know Jim, is, there we yeah, go. <laughs> it, was, it, was getting, it was getting real at that time. Um, yeah. Nobody was writing off my, uh, my BS anymore, you know, yeah. um, and that's kind of what I needed. I mean, people get, they get real here. Um, I had several people tell me it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Um, and, and it did, but again, it was back to that support system. And at some point, um, I started to surrender it to, to God. I, I started to realize that God had a plan for me. Amen. Man. And I know you said yesterday about how your language changed. In, in, you got married and then your language changed, right? It used to be a lot about I. Yeah, so at, at one point I, I asked my girlfriend, um, she was girlfriend at the time, she would marry me. And, you know, after several attempts, she finally said yes. Um, <laughs> so God. we were married here by Pastor Greg, Greg Battle. And yeah. uh, today, it's not about I or what am I going to do. Um, it's, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what are we going to do? Um, one, of our, one of our vows was um, to serve God together. And, um, and through Marriage Mondays, it's, it's what... It taught us to, to be one in God. Um, and, and I want to say, you know, we, we do a pretty good job of serving together and, and doing a lot of things together. You know, in the mornings, if, if I don't, I don't have a regular nine to five job. So I, I get a lot of, I, I think that's one of the blessings from God that I have a lot of free time and I get to spend a lot of time with my, with my wife and we figure out, I mean, well, she figures it out. Because if it was up to me, I'd probably just bum <laughs> around. But um, there, there's these little things that we're able to do during the week so good. Uh, to serve serve others. So good. No, uh, and recently, a few weeks ago, we went in a hospital visit together, and you shared that you just did four years sobriety. Yes. Uh, I think it was like June 22nd. Um, thank you. Yeah, that was, that was a big one for me. Um, I, I just never thought that um, I would be able to, you know, barbecue, hang out, watch a baseball game without having a beer in my hand. Um, and, you know, and now I have a mic in my hand. I, uh, <laughs> it's um, better, man. <laughs> much better. So um, uh, I, I went to your group. I joined you guys on uh, Thursday. I went to your Bible study group. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, 
I know uh, just a great fellowship, but uh, what, do you, what do you enjoy about your group of men that meet? And I know you're, not, you're in two groups, but the group that you lead at your home on Thursday, what do you enjoy about that? Well, first of all, I get to cook food and, and the food, so that's one of the things. The food is uh, really good, man. <laughs> um, the, the fellowship. Um, I, like I mentioned earlier, I kind of have a hard time picking up the Bible and really getting into it. Um, so when I'm with the group of guys, and that's kind of how I how I feed myself. Um, so you know, if if you're if you're out here and you're anything like me, um, first of all, I, I do encourage uh, take a look at your your marriage and you know do that rating thing and see where you're at. Um, yeah. Jump into the Marriage Mondays group so if you have if you're struggling with any type of addiction. I mean, it it can it can vary. It could be an eating addiction, working, gym. I mean, it, it comes in all in all forms, um, join, join that hope group. I mean, they'll, they'll accept you with, with open arms and there's yeah. just a bunch of guys waiting to, to love on you. Um, and then if you want to get closer to, to God and Jesus and know more about Jesus, join a Bible study. Um, I'm, I'm part of two, two of them. Um, one meets at my house every other Thursday and then we got another one we're kicking back up. Uh, we're going to meet this Wednesday, kind of round table, and, and see what we're going to jump into this, this next season. Good, thanks. And you're going to be outside after service, so if any guys want to connect with you about your group, they can Yeah, we have a you. table outside. Yeah. The, you guys um, meet every other, every other Thursday. Yeah, my group yeah. meets every other Thursday. Uh, we meet from 6 to 8. There's no rush to, to end. Uh, we, again, we, we break bread, and yeah. then we praise Jesus. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for sharing today, brother. Appreciate you. Amen. Amen. You know, at Mountain Park, we got, we got two kinds of groups. And uh, before we get ready to go group up, we got two kinds of groups, focus groups. What are focus groups? They really focus on an area. We have Alpha. So if you are new to Christianity, you want to know more about Jesus, you just want to know you're going to heaven, about forgiveness, Alpha's for you. It launches next Sunday at, during the second service. So come to first service, jump into Alpha at second It'll change your life. Marriage Mondays uh, is kicking off. On our websites, all the info, there's a table for Marriage Mondays. If you want to have a better marriage, a great marriage, a godly marriage, th uh, that is for you. Uh, we've got grief share, divorce care, trauma groups, hope men that meet on Tuesday. Uh, these are all groups. We are launching a new one called Unlocking the Mysteries of Genesis. Some of you have been saying, Pastor, I want to go deeper. This is for you. You can go deep. Talk about creation, the flood, all these things. That's going to be Sunday night here at church. Uh, there's a table you can ask them. And then we have community groups. Community groups are Bible study groups. We've got men's groups, women's groups, couples groups. Some meet Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. God bless them. I'm praying for them. Uh, some meet in the evenings. Uh, we have Wednesday morning ladies, like 50 ladies show up there. We've got Wednesday night midweek groups. This, this group is on our website. And we're launching a new series called The Good Life. Uh, these journals came in. I'm so proud of uh, Ali designed these and Pastor Jan and the team, we wrote this. And we're going to look at Galatians 5, Fruit of the Spirit, over the next couple of weeks. This will be our Bible study. These journals are on sale today. They have the spiral. Many of you asked for it. It's $12. You can get your journal today. And next week, I will be kicking off the Good Life series Sunday morning. You can take notes in this during the message. There's a journal for you during the week to go through. And then there's small group uh, questions. So pick up your journal uh, today after service and we'll be kicking that off. I'm going to close with one thought because people ask me this question. Pastor, I love Jesus. I want to become more like him. How do I grow as a Christian? I want to give you a formula because some of you, you like formulas. 
The formula is this. One, one, one. Can you say that? One, one, one. Come on, online, you can say it too. What is one? What is the first one? If we can bring that out really quick. Okay, Pastor Randy, you're going to have to run. I'm going to call you Pastor Randy. I'm prophesying. Randy, our production guy. I just called you Pastor. I love it. Maybe there's something in that. Let's put them out really quick. And then Andrew, worship leader at church here. Put that out. And I need one more. One more one. It's coming. One. Okay, there we go. Thank you, brother. You're awesome. One, one, one. Pastor, I want to grow. I want to become more like Jesus. One, one, one. Attend a service. If you come in once a month to church, challenge yourself. Go to twice a month. Twice a month, go to three. It's important to come together as family and worship God and grow together. Get to meet, get consistent. God, I want to get, I'm going to challenge myself. Attend a service. Second one, join a group. We are better together. There are people that need you and you need people. God said it's not good for man to be alone. There's a group for you in the season you're in right now. Take that next step. Tend to service consistently. Join a group. To life with others. Others sharpen you. Sharpen others. Learn how to be real. Take off the masks. No one's here to judge you. We all want to become more like Jesus. And then serve in one area. You can't do everything. You can do something. Maybe attend a service and serve at a service. Maybe serve once a month. But when you serve with others, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Serving, I believe, shapes the heart of Jesus in us. So if you want to grow, become more like Jesus. One, one, one. Attend a service. Find a group. Serve in one area. I believe if you're willing to commit to that, you're going to see God transform your life. Because when you get around other believers, Jesus said this, where two or more agree in my name, it'll be done for them. Where two or more meet, I'm in the midst of them. So when we get together, God is moving. Amen. When we stand to our feet and pray, and then there are tables out in the lobby, there are leaders that want to meet you. Go ask questions. You can go online. All the groups are also online for you to research more. But go meet some people and find a group. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. I thank you for all these beautiful people. God, help us to find that community. Help us to find that group. It's not good for us to be alone. We need each other. We need to lift each other's arms up. We need to pray with one another. We need to speak life into each other. We need to serve each other. It's not good for us to be alone. Lord, as we go out into this week, may we be light amongst darkness. Make us sensitive to those around us that are hurting, those that are lost, those that are isolated. May we show them the love of Jesus this week. Father, I pray a blessing over every family, every person that's here today and online. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.